Raider Nation, once again, you are watching another episode of the Raiders Recap, man. Make sure you guys are tapping on that like and subscribe button. Today, man, we're going to get into more of the training camp notes, right? We got to get into a real deep dive of what's been going on in training camp since last time we talked, how the defenses look, you know, how their, how their coaches is really handling this week. And the 49ers are in town, man, for a joint practice starting tomorrow. So I cannot wait to get into all this information with y'all, man. So let's get this theme music rocking and let's go ahead. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Raiders Recap. Jacobs with running room right up the middle. Jacobs is on his way. The Raiders are going to win this game. The sickest Las Vegas Raiders podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. What is the deal, man? Once again, you tapped in to Raiders recap on the sick podcast. Make sure you're tapping on that like and subscribe button. Even hit on the little notification bell so you get updated whenever we drop episodes like this one right here. But without further ado, man, what I'm trying to get into today, like I said, we got to get into a real deep dive training camp. What's been going on since the last time we talked, right? And at the same time, we got the 49ers in town this week. So we can talk about what we got to look forward to with that. So without further ado, let's get it cracking. So look, when we're talking about what has happened since the last time we talked, the defense has shown their ass since the last time we talked last week, right? Since last week, we've heard multiple, multiple reports of the defense now finally getting together, making plays, and, and it's really coming from the secondary. When you look at the secondary, we talked about it here on this channel. I've talked about it, you know, multiple other outlets. I feel like this secondary is going to be the most improved unit of this Raiders defense, right? Because, I mean, when we realistically think about it, how much fucking worse can we be? But at the end of the day, right, when you look at what Ziegler has done, when you look at all the talent they now have, we look at the draft and all the people they brought in. That unit is looking real solid. You got a nice mix of veteran, nice mix of young players, even some players that's are that's in the system for their second straight year now, still fairly young, but now they're in their second year in the system. They're starting to look better. And, and there's a player that I've talked about at great length. I know I've talked about it here on this on this channel here. Uh, Trayvon Mayer, right? We're starting to see him now making more plays on the football. We're starting to see him now be more comfortable less thinking now when he's playing this game and you know uh the Raiders DB coach yesterday had an interview and he alluded to it he's talked about all the DBs but Trayvon you know especially he said he's not thinking now right they wanted to make the scheme more pre more player friendly and when they talk about that they want to make the scheme to where the players aren't on the field thinking about what the assignment is they know it like the back of their hand right so at that point they can just go out there and play and when we talked about Trayvon Merrick it has looked like in the past right he's just way too much. it's like he's trying to do too many things at one time stressing himself too thin right and, and we've seen the product of that now I also feel like it helps to have a veteran like Marcus Epps come in right and we've heard about the communication between Trayvon Merrick and Marcus Epps has been really, really solid coming into camp. I mean, Nate Hobbs said they both light-skinned. I know exactly what he's talking about. And if you don't know what he's talking about, get that, get tapped into it. But at the end of the day, right, I mean, they they look like they have good communication. So that that's another part of it. You have a guy on the other side of the field, which he trusts, right, to make the right reads, make the right checks, make the right plays. So at that point, he can play more free, right? He can play more free. So Trayvon Merrick is a guy that I'm very excited about in the secondary, right, coming into the defense. Another guy I'm very excited about, Ja'Cory and Bennett, 
and we're going to be able to see, you know, where he's really at this week and all these preseason games. Because now that the 49ers are coming in tomorrow for joint practices, it's full speed, right? It's all bullets flying. It's all live. So at the end of the day, we're going to be able to see him against guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon IU, you know what I mean, and see what he can do. Because coming out of camp, all we've heard is he wants to go against Devontae Adams. He wants to go against guys like Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and he's held his own for the most part. He's still a rookie, right? He is still a rookie, and we don't want to put the weight of the world on his shoulders. But to see that he's in line to maybe potentially be able to start, and he could definitely solidify himself this week, right, against good competition. If he solidifies himself as a starting corner on his team, imagine what that does to the depth of the Raiders' cornerback room, right? Now you have Ja'Korian Bennett on one side, Marcus Peters on the other side. We've already heard that Nate Hobbs is returning back to slot, and I've said it multiple times on this channel, Nate Hobbs is better in the slot. Not saying he can't play outside. He's just better in the slot, right? His skill set is more suited for him to be in the slot. And I'm totally fine with him being there, right? Because that because now that unlocks more depth for the Raiders secondary. Now look who is behind those three players that I just named. You still have Brandon Faison. You still have Sam Webb. You still have Amik Robertson, Tyler Hall, right? These are multiple guys that we've seen on the field make plays. And at the end of the day, this is very, very good depth behind you know those starting three so i'm excited to see what this you know what this secondary room is is going to produce another guy we got to talk about in the secondary that i'm very excited on i know i've touched on this guy a little bit you know nobody really had a lot of expectations from this guy but at the end of the day he i feel like you know he's gonna make his presence felt in some type of role and that's isaiah palomar right and when we're talking about Isaiah Palomar, we saw him last year. You know, he got in there sparringly. But towards the end of the year, you started to see a little bit more of him, right? And, and if you were really tapped into Raiders football, like I know most of you are, you saw towards the end of the year last year, he started to get a little more tick, right? He started to get a little more burn. And we were like, okay, this kid got some potential, right? You could definitely see him. He looks physically imposing on the field. I mean, the guy stands out, right? And so when you're looking at him now this year, and all, from all the reports we've heard, he's seen that he's put yeah, mentally, physically, seems like he's starting to put things together. Everything's starting to click in place. And now he's making plays. He's intercepted Jimmy G multiple times in this camp, right? And, and he's been running with the first team. If there are three safeties on the field at a time, Patrick Graham will run that three safety scheme, right? He's the third safety on there. And right now, it seems like, you know, he's lockstep in a battle to see if one of those safeties that's starting right now, whether it be Merrick or Epps, starts fucking up, he can slide right on in there. So it's good to see a guy like that who was an undrafted rookie come in here and, and now at least be able to produce in training camp. Now, will it translate over to the regular season when we start playing other teams? We will see. But at the end of the day, from all the reports, the physicality, on the defense is different, right? The mentality on the defense is different. I don't think, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, y'all can correct me in the comments, but I don't remember the last time a Raiders defense talked this way. You feel what I'm saying? If you paid attention to their pressures when they give interviews after practice and stuff, the, the amount of hunger that I hear from this Raiders defense, right? And when I talk about hunger, I'm talking about wanting to get their hands on the football 
wanting to make game-changing plays. And we already knew we had a stud in Max Crosby, right? We already knew Max Crosby was going to come out here and, and do work. But now we got other dogs on the defense now. So it's not just Max Crosby. You guys got to realize, right, although Max Crosby is the heart, the soul of the defense, damn near the team, right, you have to realize he's a down lineman. And, and as, as much as a leader as he is, it's kind of hard to be the spark of the defense as a down lineman. Okay, it, it, it's kind of hard. It's difficult. Now, when you talk about we don't need guys in the secondary or whatever to be the heart and soul, but they got to match that intensity. You feel what I'm saying? And, and for so long, since Max has been here, nobody on defense has matched that intensity that he has, that work ethic, the drive, the hunger, right? Nobody's matched that. But now we look at guys who got that toughness. We look at guys who, who's ready to come in and compete. Marcus Peters, right? Uh, although I wasn't high on the signing at first, Robert Spillane, he comes in here and gives instant toughness, right? Instant toughness, instant physicality. And these are things that the Raider defense has been lacking. For too long, the Raiders defense is like fucking wet tissue paper, all right? Just just, just soft, fickle, right? And at the end of the day, we can't have that shit. That, that, that shit can't happen no more because when we're watching this Raiders defense, we need some type of resistance. We need some type of physicality, some type of fuck you attitude that we haven't seen in a long time. It seems now that, you know, everybody's starting to fall into place. Ziegler and Josh are starting to bring players along. You're starting to see the vision, right? You're seeing it, although, you know, we haven't seen them play a game. You're hearing from the beat reporters. You're hearing from everybody that's at training camp. The vision is being executed, right? First day of pass, they talking about the physicality was through the roof, game physicality. Right. And, and although it could be dangerous in training camp, you got to remember, that's not really that's that's unprecedented because look at the time in the NFL we're in. Right. Nobody really wants to go to the ground. Nobody really wants to tackle because they don't want to get people hurt. But at the end of the day, shit, the Raiders weren't tackling good last year. Right. And, and, and the physicality was lacking in some games. Right. The game changing plays on defense was lacking. So what did Ziegler and, and McDaniels do? They went out and they tried to change that with certain players that have a certain mindset try to change that with certain players that have a certain toughness, have a certain availability to them, right? Because the best the best ability in the NFL is availability. And when you look at the guys they brought in, they brought in guys that have a track record of playing throughout the season, a track record of playing through big stretches of the season, even though they're hurt, still coming in, still producing, right? And that's exactly what we need from this defense. So I'm excited to see it, man. I'm excited to see it. Like I said, 49ers coming to town tomorrow. So what are we really going to be on defense? We will see. Okay, We'll see how they operate against that Shanahan offense. And that's what's the real tell for me. How are the corners going to hold up? What's the real – and this is my thing. What does the D-line look like? Okay, Because we've seen, you know, we know what Max Crosby can do. When Chandler Jones is right, you know, he, we know what he can do. But what is that interior push? You know what I mean? What are, what are we looking like there? Byron Young just returned to practice, right? So at the end of the day, since he's returned, he's probably got to work himself slow. So let's probably not expect too much from him coming out, you know, tomorrow. And, and as he gets himself back into the swing of things, we still don't have Tyree Wilson. He is hurt. We'll touch on that a little later. But at the end of the day, right, what is that D-line going to look like? My concern is that we don't have enough interior now, from her training camp, it seemed a little more physical, but we'll see this 49ers defense. The unit that really scares me 
is the linebacker unit, right? What do they look like? Now, Spillane, we've heard that he can be reliable as far as, right, being there, being in the, it, being in the defense, being available. But at the end of the day, what does his pass coverage look like? I know that he's going to give us some, some real fits in the run game, right? And I know that he's going to be playing his ass off when it comes to the run. He's going to be physical. But we need our linebackers to be good in coverage. We need them to. And we don't need them to be all world. We don't need them to be Fred Warner, right? But at the end of the day, they got to be somewhat, somewhat fucking available to be there in zone coverage, okay? That, and that's my thing because we've seen – I mean, shit, last year, man, the middle of the field was wide the fuck open. 24-7, we looked at linebackers in the wrong place, in the wrong – where they're not supposed to be, right? We looked at linebackers just look lost out there. And now all of a sudden, quarterbacks are throwing it over their head, right, 10 yards in the middle of the field, and, and we're looking stupid. Everybody's looking lost, looking around. So we're hoping that with players that kind of know the scheme a little more, right, that are more available – that are in there and, and, you know, they're not missing time as much. So they got to get back into the swing of things that we're able to have that type of continuity. And we're able to have some linebackers that could come in here and at least give us adequate right zone coverage, or just give us adequate coverage in general. So that's my concern. But like, once again, we're going to see what we really made of tomorrow. Now, what I really want to touch on is the offense. Let's touch on the offense right now, because everybody seems to be tripping about Jimmy G and the interceptions that he has thrown in training camp. And I will not lie to y'all. I mean, I never want to come out here and lie to y'all. At first, when I hear it, when I hear the seven interceptions, I, uh, I, I, I you know, I got a little worried. I got a little worried when, when I heard it. And just like the normal fan, right? I'm just like one of y'all. And just like the normal fan, I sat there and said, well, what the fuck is going on? Now, let's look deeper, right? I, I took a couple days, rested on it. Let's look a little deeper. One, I'm hearing that Jimmy's timing is off, okay? We're hearing that Jimmy's timing is off. And, and it'd be different if we were hearing this. he's making bad decisions. You feel what I'm saying? Like, he's making some decisions that scratching head questionable. But that's not the, the, the talk coming out of training camp. The talk coming out of training camp is that he just looks out of rhythm. He looks out of timing, which is to be expected from a guy who hasn't played football in almost six months. Got to remember, when he got hurt with the 49ers, that was what, week? Five, six, correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. But when he got hurt, it was pretty fairly, you know, into the season for the 49ers. So he's had a long time out of football, a long time just regular football workout. This right here, what he's doing with the Raiders is really him getting back into shape, right? That's him getting back into football shape. So you got to remember that, right? That's why when the Raiders say he has days off, these are scheduled days off. Because he's still getting back to the swing of things. They want him to get back healthy. He's not fully 100% yet. Let's remember that. He's not 100% yet, but the Raiders are slowly and smartly bringing him back on, which we got to think, right? Do you want Jimmy G, although we want him to get his rhythm, right? We want him to get his rhythm. Do you want this motherfucker to get hurt in the preseason, right? And because at the end of the day, we need Jimmy G if this, is, if this season is going to be any type of success, right? If, if the Raiders are going to have any type of success this year. Jimmy needs to be on the field. It needs to be playing. So him not playing preseason does not worry me. Not one bit. Not one bit because I do not need him going out there. Now he's now we in the setback. Uh, bro, that would be the worst shit that could happen. Because right now you have behind Jimmy, Chase Garbers. No. Then you have 
Brian Hoyer, dear God, if we have to go out there with Brian Hoyer as our week-to-week starting quarterback, you know what time it is, right? And then you have Aiden O'Connor, who, although is an unproven rookie, we he's not ready. You know what I'm saying? He's not ready. From all accounts, from everything we've heard, he's not ready to go out there and just throw him to the wolves. You feel me? Now, maybe he surprises motherfuckers. He's like, once again, he's a rookie. We don't know what he can do fully. Maybe he'll surprise us if he gets out there. But at the end of the day, why put him in that position? That's a fucked up position. So, but at the end of the day, I don't want him out there. So if the Raiders are going to have any type of success, you need to have Jimmy out there. So it's smart what they're doing. Hold him, right? Let him get healthy. Let him practice to a certain degree. But at the same time, he's got to get right. Think about this. Why would he play in the preseason this Sunday? Why would he play in that preseason game this Sunday if they're about to have live joint practices with the 49ers tomorrow and Friday? That's my thing, right? And and I could argue to y'all that the joint practices are more valuable than the preseason game because it's controlled in the joint practices. At the same time, they're still going full speed. It's not like they're not going full speed in these these live practices. It's going to get chippy. You feel what I'm saying? And that's where I need Jimmy to show his ass. If Jimmy comes out here tomorrow and Friday and starts busting the 49ers defense, hey, man, I'm, I'm not going to have no complaints. You feel what I'm saying? I do. I Personally, me personally, I don't want to see him out there in any preseason games at all. You feel what I'm saying? Get his rhythm in practice. Get his rhythm in these joint uh, practices because he got joint practices with the 49ers this week. You got joint practices with the Rams next week. Perfect competition. Perfect competition. I'm fine with that. You feel what I'm saying? And that's what I want. I want him in those live practices, those settings, getting his rhythm. Don't need to be out there in the preseason. All I want to see in the preseason is Aiden O'Connell and Chase Garbers. You feel what I'm saying? That's what I want to see. Because now that'll give us an ability to see Aiden O'Connell in his totality when we get into the preseason. We start getting to live action. That's what I want to see. Next, right, when we talk about Jimmy G's interceptions. Now, the thing about that that we got to remember if you played any type of ball, you played any type of football towards the grueling parts of the training camp. And if you're on the defensive side, you would have seen what the offense is running right for about two weeks straight. Now think about even longer than that, even longer than you got this spring. I think all that other shit, you have seen what this offense is throwing at you. You practice against them every day. You're around them damn near every day. So at the end of the day, right. There's going to be some times in training camp where the defense kind of knows what the fuck is going on, right? They just know what they just know what's going on. They get paid. They're smart on the other side. And if you played any type of football, right, in your life, you know, once you start doing that training camp and after a while, it starts to get to that grueling point, right? Where you're like, fuck, I can't wait to play another person because I already know what X, Y, and Z can do. You feel what I'm saying? I know what the coach is calling here. Then it's not it's not a challenge at that point, right? So we're start to it's starting to get to that point in training camp. Now, are some of the interceptions legitimate? Fuck yes, they're legitimate. Some of the inter, some of the interceptions that he has thrown have been just really good plays by the defense. Marcus Peters, Marcus Epps putting guys in the right position to get interceptions, right? Where and at the end of the day, they're just making good plays. But right, hearing that his timing is off. And knowing that it's getting to that grueling part of training camp where the defense is starting to be like, all right, I kind of know the formations, kind of know what the offense is running, right? We we don't want to we don't really want to take too much stock into these training camp interceptions. Now, if he comes out here tomorrow, although and remember this, let's not fuck around and get too high or too low. When he comes out here tomorrow, remember the 49ers defense knows Jimmy. Jimmy also knows the 49ers defense, but 
they don't know the offense that the Raiders are running, right? Especially with Jimmy G. So if he comes out here tomorrow and he starts stinking it the fuck up, then we can start looking at him with a little more side eye. I know I will. All right, that's me personally. You're allowed to think what you want to think. But at the end of the day, I'll start looking at him with a little more side eye. But we can see that if I think that with more repetition, with more just throwing to these receivers, we're going to start seeing Jimmy back to form, right? We're going to start seeing Jimmy get back to form. So that's something I'm not really worried about. Last but not least, we've heard that we should be worried about Jimmy's deep ball passing ability. I'm not worried about that whatsoever because at the end of the day, when you look at this Josh McDaniels system, look at this Josh McDaniels scheme, right? He loves to operate between that 7 to 25-yard range, right? That fucking short to mid range. That's what he likes, okay? And even though last year we were taking deep shots, right? We were taking our deep shots. You got to think of the type of quarterback. These are different quarterbacks we have. You feel what I'm saying? Now, our last quarterback, he had a better deep ball. He had a better, better, you know, deep accuracy. Let's put it like that. He has, he has a better deep ball than Jimmy does. But Jimmy is very accurate between the 7 to 25-yard ranges. Very accurate when he gets to set his feet and he gets to do his things, right? That's where he thrives. And Josh McDaniel's scheme thrives on the 7 to 25-yard range. Right. When you think about when the Patriots offenses were successful with Tom Brady, what were they doing? I didn't. It wasn't bombs away. You know what I mean? In those times, it was not bomb away. Tom would drive your ass down the field slowly and meticulously. And that's exactly what you can expect from this Raiders offense. Now. That's, that's what you're going to expect. Raiders going to drive it down the field slowly, meticulously run the ball at your ass, right? Let our playmakers get the ball in short yardage situations and get some yak. That's exactly what is about to happen this year. That's why I feel like Jimmy will thrive in this offense. Although it may worry me that when it's time to take a deep shot, right, he's going to be inaccurate, and that's going to piss me off because if it's wide the fuck open and he's inaccurate, it's going to piss me off, right? I think that he'll thrive because of the type of system Josh McDaniels really wants to run. And Jimmy is perfect for that type of system. So those factors right there is why I'm not, you know, I'm not really too concerned about what Jimmy does. Now, let's keep it moving. We go to the because there's a lot of information I gotta give y'all, man. It's been a week, bro. I gotta go ahead and give y'all all the information that you can handle, right? So check this out. Now we go to the offensive line. We're starting to hear that there's a competition going on that right side, okay? Now, the left side is locked up. You got Colton Miller. You got Dylan Parham, okay? You can even say the center's locked up with Andre James. But with those, with the right guard, with the right tackle, you're starting to see it's a little competition. Now, the guy I thought that was going to just take a, a vice grip on the right guard position was Natane Mooney. Haven't heard too much out of him coming out of camp. Now, that doesn't mean he's doing bad. Just me personally, I haven't heard too much. Who I have heard, the name that has constantly just been thrown around is Greg Van Roten, right? The the newly signed guard that the Raiders signed. I think I believe he was with the Jets last year. But either way, right, I'm hearing his name a lot when you're talking about the right guard position and him sliding in there, okay? Although I've heard Alex Bars. I know Raider Nation, I know. Uh, I've heard Alex Bars as well, but Greg Van Roten has been very impressive to the coaching staff. You heard his name thrown around a lot. For that right tackle spot, Okay, although Jermaine Illuminor was resigned this year, you're starting to see now, all of a sudden, Thayer Mumford is starting to make that push. He's, he's battling. It's an actual battle over there on that right tackle spot. We talk about Jermaine Illuminor and, and Thayer Mumford, okay? And, and I'm not going to lie to you. Although if Jermaine wins, okay, cool. But if Thayer wins, I'll be a little bit more happy 
Why would I be a little bit more happy? Because this is a guy the Raiders drafted late round at that, right? Late round at that and also starts to show the development of this Raiders coaching staff, okay? If they can get, don't quote me, but I believe this man, I believe Theron Mumford was a six-round pick. If you're telling me that Theron Mumford is able to beat out Jermaine Illuminor to start, that means Dave Ziegler in his first draft found two offensive alignments that can be bookends for this team in one draft, right? When you talk about Dylan Parham and Thayer Mumford. Now, it's not a lot for him to just beat Jermaine Illuminor, right? He's still in that battle, still in that competition. But this week is crucial, crucial. The preseason is crucial for Thayer Mumford because if he can come out here and ball against the 49ers, right? He can come out here and ball in the preseason game. Then you get to the Rams, and they got a pretty good defensive line. If he can ball against the Rams, ball in that preseason game, now, now you can start really looking at him as a legitimate contender to win that job, right? So I think I think training position battles that we're seeing go down right now, it's all going to wrap itself up with these joint practices, with these preseason games, and we're going to start to see who separates themselves. So that's the battles going on on the offensive line. will be great to see, you know, who wins that battle, who's going to end up winning that battle, because we can't have another offensive line shuffling going on like we did last year at the beginning of the year that shit was uh for everything you know i, I can forgive josh mcdaniels for some things but that offensive line shuffling just had me pissed at the beginning of the year last year because that's you need continuity right you need some type of continuity if you were going to do all that shuffling shit you got to do that in the preseason right you got to do that when you're still trying to figure out the roster who's going to make the roster you don't do that shit week one to week five that's done so i i hope they don't do that shit again i hope that you know, they figure out who's going to be starting fairly quickly in the preseason and then let that starting five get their continuity, right, and, and start getting their rhythm. So that's, what this, that's what's going on for the offensive line. When we talk about the receivers, the receivers are a very, very interesting topic. The receivers are an interesting topic because they're all balling the fuck out. All of the receivers have talent. All of the receivers are making plays, right, from, of course, our number one, Devontae Adams, you hear Jacoby Myers is just a tough cover, right? The dude's damn near unguardable. When you hear Hunter Renfro, you know what he can do when he's healthy, all pro status, right? Now, from those top three, we're starting to see other people make plays. The, and the name that has consistently come out, which just brings a smile to my face, is Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker has consistently been talked about this whole training camp. And, and I know majority of Raider Nation was scratching their heads, kind of mad at the pick. Me, personally, I said, shit, we need more speed. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and, and when you looked at the Raiders' offense last year, what's the one thing they truly lacked, right? Even when Hunter Renfro was in and out of the lineup, right? Even when Darren Waller in and out of the lineup, Devontae in and out of the lineup, they had no true over-the-top presence. They did it, right? They, and, and you saw it start to hinder them as the year went on because then defenses started to figure out, <coughs> well, the only motherfucker that can really beat us over the top is Devontae. And that's and let's be honest, the long game, the deep ball passes, that's not really Devontae's game. It's not really his game. Although he can do it at an elite level because he's that good. Gotta remember what he was doing in Green Bay. He would he'd have a lot of yak in Green Bay, a lot of intermediate shit he'd work, right? But the fact that the Raiders lacked a true deep threat last year forced Devontae Adams into that role. And a role that you know, he wasn't really doing before last year. And think about how great he is, 
right? To have to really have to change the way you kind of play when you go to this new team. Now, we got guys like Trey Tucker, DeAndre Carter, Philip Dorsett. A lot of speed, bro. It's a lot of speed from those three guys right there. And you can mix and mix and change either one of those guys right there. And, and at the end of the day, you're going to get some speed, right? You're going to get some speed on this offense. So it's going to be interesting to see who they keep, who they cut. Are they going to keep six receivers, right? Is that the thing? Because if you keep six receivers, you're going to have to make a cut elsewhere. And, and, you know, do you take away from the O-line depth? Do you take away from depth at another position? Like, what do you do? You know, so it's going to be real interesting. But we're hearing Trey Tucker's balling. We're hearing Philip Dorsett is balling. DeAndre Carter's balling. All the receivers are doing their thing. And, and it's, bro, there are playmakers all over this field for the offense, right? And this is why I say if Jimmy stays healthy, uh, the Raiders can make some noise. Because at the end of the day, there are playmakers everywhere. We're talking about Devontae, Hunter, Jacoby, you know, the guys I just talked about in the receiver room. Then we even touched on the tight ends, Michael Mayer, right, who, who is going to be your tight end one. That dude's going to start. I, I don't care what nobody says. He can even – the Raiders can even try to bring him along slow and have Austin Hooper start for a couple. Hey, Michael Mayer is going to make his way into the starting lineup. Best believe that. So, at the end of the day, right, Mayer's there. Austin Hooper's there. Josh Jacobs not even back. But all accounts, we're hearing Zamir White doing his thing, right? So, the Raiders team can be very scary. The pieces got to click, right? The pieces got to click together. But at the end of the day – we have we have to commend our front office for at least having a competitive training camp, competitive roster. And this is like probably one of the fewest years. I don't remember the last time I've seen a Raiders team with just this much depth, right? This much depth. Now, I'm not saying star studded ability, although we have stars, right? Don't get me wrong, but just the depth on this team, what Dave Ziegler has done from year one to year two. You're, bro, you see at least if whoever gets cut this year, right? Let's just put it like this. Whoever gets cut this year off of this Raiders team, they're going to find a job quickly uh, for another team. And that's something that I've said for a while. The Raiders have always started or played players that if they were to go to other teams, they're not starting or playing for that other team. Does that make sense? You feel what I'm saying? Like, we have players that other teams wouldn't value as a starter or as a real depth piece. Now you look at the depth behind certain spots and in most positions, you're like, shit, we, you know, we got some good people on the back end. Right. And I love to see that. I love to see it. This team is looking like it can be very physical. Now, am I going to say they're going to win the fucking Super Bowl? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I am saying though, they're getting better. And we should see some type of improvement. For me, I'm saying they might go 10 to 7, right? Good 10 wins, 9 wins this year if Jimmy stays completely healthy, right? If Jimmy plays a majority of the season, I can see 9 to 10 wins from this team. 9 to 10 wins. Then now, does that make the playoffs? Who knows? I don't know if that makes the playoffs in today's NFL. If it does, solid, right? If it don't, then fuck it. You know, we'll, we'll go. That's improvement at least, right? 10 wins this year is better than what the fuck happened last year. And at least now we know we're in the right positions. We're getting there. We're getting the pieces in place. Now we can really look forward to next year. Now, last but not least, got to touch on this. You know, I'm starting to, we're starting to get a little long-winded here. When I want to touch on this right here, and that's Tyree Wilson, because it seems like a lot of Raider Nation is tripping on him not practicing, 
him not playing right, which at the end of the day, yes, we would love to have our first round pick out there practicing, getting his rhythm, getting repetition. But there's a couple of reasons why I'm not worried personally about Tyree Wilson. One, because the Raiders are doing the right thing as far as getting him back on track to play. And when I say that, that means you, you see how big this man is. A foot injury for a man of that size is a scary thing. You know, you can't have that lingering for him. Because if it's lingering for him, it's going to be a fucking problem. The dude's like 6'6", six, six, damn near 250, above 250, damn near. So it's like, bro, you can't, you know, you don't want to play with that. You don't want to play with that. You'd rather have this man for 10 years, not 10 games, right? So that's one of the reasons. Number two, although, yes, he won't be – he'll be able to get his rhythm once he gets in, and he's going to start slow because at the end of the day, he's had no training camp. But it allows him to get his mentality right, get the mental side of it right, get in the playbook, right, and, and learn the scheme front to back. You already know he's talking to guys like Max Chandler and all those guys behind the scenes. So once he gets on the field, at least his mental will be ready. He's just got to get his physical caught up, right? At least he'll know the scheme front to back, know his assignment, know his role. And when he gets there, all he's got to do is get his body into football shape, get to get to really working, right? Number three, we're not counting on this man to have 10 plus sacks this year. If you were a person that when they drafted Tyree Wilson and you said, oh, this guy's going to get his 10 plus sacks this year, you're going to be very disappointed this year. And, and why do I say that? I don't, not say I don't good. No, I'm saying that because one, he was probably, even if he's healthy, he's probably not going to start anyway. You still have Chandler Jones. You still have Max Crosby. You know what I mean? These are guys that are going to play ahead of him. So you got to think it's a luxury. It's a luxury to be able, although, you know, we would love to have him play and do his thing. It's a luxury to be able to say, okay, we got this physically imposing guy right here that's able to learn from one of the best pass rushers to play, and that's Chandler Jones, and be able to learn from a – almost defensive player of the year, Max Crosby. That's coming soon for him. So at the end of the day, right, it's a luxury to be able to have a young guy with that type of physical tools, that type of physical, you know, stature to learn from the guys like that and not have the weight of his weight of the world on his shoulder. We don't need him to have 10 plus sacks this year. Now he might give us somewhere between five and six, which is cool for him because at the end of the day, you got with no training camp time, he's going to start slow. That's just basic football, right? No training camp, no prior practice. He's just getting himself healthy enough to play. Even when he gets into the season, he's going to start slow. It's not going to be a fast start. So at the end of the day, what we're hoping from him is that towards the end of this season, towards the back end of this season, we start to see the tools that that made the Raiders pick him seventh overall, right? Which I believe we'll see. I believe we'll see. But Raider Nation needs to understand that this guy is going to start slow. He's going to start slow. But it's a sacrifice to make to be able to see what he can be in the future. Because if he can be with the Raiders, what damn near I think he can be, real, bro, which I think he's damn near comparable to Miles Garrett, if he can be that with Max Crosby, bro, the AFC West is in some fucking trouble, right? Them quarterbacks are in some trouble. And, and the Raiders' interior D-line is only going to get better from here. So if he can be what we we all think he can be, why rush him, right? Why rush that? Be patient. Let's be patient with him. Because at the end of the day, if we rush it and then he gets hurt and that starts fucking him up in his career, well, whose fault is that, right? We're going to blame 
if he does that and they do that and he rushing back and now all of a sudden this is just a lingering problem for him for the foreseeable future, it's like, shit, then we're going to be mad at Ziegler that they rushed him back, right? So we'd rather have him healthy. Let's have him healthy. So everybody that's tripping on Tyree Wilson, not practicing, not, not being in there, I understand. I understand because you got we have PTSD, bro. Us Raider fans got major PTSD from all these failed-ass draft picks in the last season. But this is the same Right, it's not the same case because the Raiders did their homework. This regime actually did their fucking homework, right? It's not like Mike Mayock coming out here saying, Oh, we did our homework on Damon Arnett. Like, no, 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 the fuck they didn't, right? Because if they did, they would have foreseen this shit coming. No, they actually, this regime actually did their homework, actually knew coming in, he's probably not going to be healthy for the majority of the training camp, right? You can see Josh and Dave, all they both talked about it. They're not worried. And the reports coming at the bu- out of the building is that nobody in Raider Nation or in that building is worried, right? So they actually knew what they were getting themselves into and said, all right, we're going to take him and we're going to bank on the future of this kid, right? We're going to bank on the future of what he can be, which if that's the case, and they feel that strongly, right? And it ends up working out, genius move, right? If it ends up working out, it's a genius move. So, and if it don't work out, then of course, we're going to come out here, we're going to slander the fuck out of him. But at the end of the day, right, we can only be I'm, – I'm happy that they're taking the patient route. I want them to be patient because I want this guy to be able to play for a, a number of years, right? And like I said, if he can be what I think he can be, it's going to be fucking scary. So everybody that's tripping on Tyree, man, just wait. He will be out there again. And when he does get out there, we're going to see flashes of why the Raiders picked him as high as they did. But even when he does get out there, temper down your expectations, bro. Temper down your expectations because he has to get ramped up again and we're not counting on this guy to have 10 plus sacks because he's not even probably going to be playing 75% of the damn snaps this year. He's going to be put in there for pass rush situations this year. Think about it, bro. He needs to get his rhythm, but that's cool for him. And next year, we're going to see him fully unleashed because he's going to have a full offseason, full season knowing the playbook, full season not rehabbing, but working out, getting strong, right? So... That's what I'm ready to see. And if the Raiders keep developing these young players like they are, because from all accounts, from what we've seen, the young players and the, and the players in their second year have started to develop nicely. So if that's what's going down and they're really, really developing these players, imagine what Tyree can be, right? So what we what we need to do as fans is bank on the future of this team. I know everybody wants to win now. Shit, I want to win now. But some great things take time. Great things take time. It always does, bro. And all the shit that's ever worth anything takes a little bit of work, right? So at the end of the day, that's what we're waiting on. But this has been your training camp news, man. Let me know down below. D, are you feeling anything I said? Is anything worrying you from what you have heard out of training camp? What got you excited, man? Comment down below. Let's holler about it. You know I'm going to be here every week giving you that Raider news. First preseason game is this weekend, man, so stay tuned. I will be giving y'all a recap of the game on Monday, so mark your calendars for that. Monday, you'll get a recap of the preseason game, but without further ado, man, make sure you keep tapping on that like. Keep tapping on the subscribe button. Hit on the little notification bell for me if you can, please, and remember, man, you are watching another episode of the Sick Podcast with the Raiders Recap. Man, let's get this theme music up out of here, and I'll see y'all next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Raiders Recap on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. 
Google Play and Apple Podcasts.